Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on 5571. My name is Danny, and for those that are new here, welcome to the podcast. On this podcast, we discuss mostly Disneyland Resort news, but we cover all sorts of theme park news. So we actually have a lot to talk about this week per usual. So let's go ahead and get right into it. The first thing I wanted to talk about is something we've been talking a lot about on this podcast, and that is San Francisco Square over at Disney California Adventure Park. Well, since we updated and talked about all the new food on our previous episode, they've actually announced an opening date for the land. So San Francisco Square will be complete and officially opened on August 31st. Now, we know the transformation of Pacific Wharf into San Francisco Square is a little bit different, and some Something Disney has done over the years, including with things like Pixar Pier. They're going to be transforming the land and are currently transforming the land while it remains open. So we're going to see things open before that August 31st date, like the Cerveceria, of course, the Lucky Fortune Cookery, Rita's Turbine Blenders. So lots of things are going to be opening and popping up well before then, but officially Disney has listed the opening date of the location as August 31st, which means everything can be officially done at that point. So you might be arriving at Disneyland or Disney California Adventure Park prior to that date and still be able to experience some of the new things. So if you are having a trip planned this summer and are interested to kind of see what it's like, now you might be coming during some construction if you're arriving before that date. But we all know starting this week, they'll have brand new foods available at some of the locations for the all new San Francisco Square and um, its transformation into, you know, this new kind of Japanese, Korean, Mexican fusion style food location. So it's going to be really, really cool. I'm interested in trying a lot of the foods and seeing what they all taste like, especially that birria ramen. So I'm definitely going to be waiting for that one to come out. So, but that's really cool that we have an official opening day. Um, Disney held a small little media event for cast or for cast members, for guests and invited, um, invited media personnel to um, view some of the new kind of things from San Francisco Square, including trying out some of the foods. They had a little media event for this particular land, actually over at Disneyland, which is ironic. Um, And it was in the old Starcade in Tomorrowland. Now, invited guests were able to see Baymax and Hiro themselves as meet and greet characters, which we have already seen both at Epcot before and at Disneyland when the movie was first released. But they got to see what it's going to look like again for those characters to be um, at Disney California Adventure Park. They got a chance to look at some of the new costumes that the customers are going to be able to wear, including some, um, you know, mix and match items, kind of like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, where the cast members can really choose like what they want to So they showed some like local sports teams, which we've seen advertised on the outside of San Francisco Square, like the Golden State Samurai, for instance, basketball team. Um, Cast members can wear or are going to be wearing um, some baseball or basketball caps um, that, you know, feature those sports teams. So it really kind of brings a story, a placemaking to the area like, hey, this is really San Francisco. These people really live here. And uh, this is, you know, part of that land. So it's a really cool thing that they're doing and I like the aspect that they can kind of choose pick and choose if they want to do that or not so I love that little detail that they're offering and providing um, cast members to kind of partake in part of the story 
But what do you think? Are you really excited about the transformation of this area? And um, were you shocked to see that the transformation is going to be complete on August 31st? I know I specifically wasn't because it's not too big of a change, but it is a really great change and I welcome it. Um, and I'm happy to know that they're going to be right on target finishing this um, before the summer's over. Now, what we are wondering, at least for me anyway... As we get closer to that day and they kind of have a media event for the land itself when it's all complete, said and done. Now, I know they got a preview of kind of what's to come, but I'm sure they're definitely going to do another media event closer to the day. Um, if we're going to be mixing that in with something like model rooms over at Pixar Place Hotel or maybe even um, checking out the rooms over at the Disneyland Hotel's Discovery Tower for the Disney Vacation Club Villas, we'll have to wait and see on this one. Um, but as we get closer, I'm sure Disney will share more information. And speaking of, we're getting closer and closer to not only the opening for San Francisco Square, but in my opinion, the opening of Tiana's, um, Palace Restaurant. Now, as we transition over to Disneyland, I've talked about this not only on the podcast, but in my YouTube update videos for Disneyland as well, too. We saw... A lot of the exterior elements and theming be complete on Tiana's Palace Restaurant, which used to be the former French Market Restaurant in New Orleans Square. Um, the, the transformation is almost complete at this point. It's got this new colorway on the outside, all the popcorn lighting. In fact, some, I forgot which Twitter user it was, but they were kind of, I saw a bunch of people sharing it online. Um, they actually had been testing the evening lighting kind of set up for Tiana's Palace Restaurant. So all the popcorn lighting was lit up, the building uh, kind of popcorn lighting was lit up. The only thing that was missing was, of course, the big lit Tiana's Palace sign. Now, I have a feeling Disney's social media team loves to do things where they install something like an iconic signage on a restaurant or an attraction, especially something as important as Tiana's Palace Restaurant. Now, a lot of people have been waiting many years for Disney to make a restaurant based off of the one in the movie. So this is something that a lot of people have been waiting for. So I think the installation of the Tiana's Palace light up neon sign is going to be something that a ton of people are going to be interested in seeing. Um, and it will be definitely shared all over the internet once it is. So I definitely feel Disney's going to be doing their normal shtick on their Disney parks like TikTok or Instagram and um, showing the installation of the sign or maybe even lighting it up at nighttime. So keep your eyes on social media for that because truly the last time I was there over the weekend, the restaurant looked completely done. Both of the smokestacks were installed on the building to give it that riverboat look that we all know Tiana's Palace Restaurant looks like. So the only thing that truly was missing was just the installation of the sign. Otherwise, everything else looked pretty good to go. Some people were saying, oh yeah, but we don't know how it looks like on the inside. In all honesty, this restaurant, just like San Francisco Square, is not going to be changing much. It already had a New Orleans theme. They just had to bring in some theming to kind of tie it in with what um, Tiana's Palace might look like if it was in New Orleans Square. So, uh, you know, Disneyland's rendition of what that restaurant is. Obviously, we're not going to get as grand of a musical performance restaurant that we see, you know, in the movie, but they're going to do their best to bring a Disneyland version of this attraction to life or this restaurant to life. So uh, I would imagine the layout of the restaurant's not going to change too much the way that, you know, cast members were dishing up food, guests are collecting their food or their mobile orders. Probably 
pretty similar to what it's going to be um, before. So they're just changing a little bit of the theming. So I felt like truly all the extra work that needed to be done was on the outside to really transform the building into looking like a giant, you know, riverboat. Um, so we're there now. Exterior work looks like it's wrapping up. I wouldn't be surprised if this restaurant opens maybe to media or even to lucky guests at the end of this month, maybe even in the next few weeks. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, I would say for sure, though, if it's not opening in the end of July, it's going to be opening in August. So we're probably looking at, you know, an August opening for not only San Francisco Square, but Tiana's Palace Restaurant as well. Heading on over now to Hollywood, actually, for Universal Studios Hollywood, I wanted to talk about a big change over at Super Nintendo World. Now, I personally didn't get to see the change in person, but I had a ton of friends who went, like Peter and Kitra from Ordinary Adventures, of course, Mondo from Five Fires YouTube, and a bunch of other people that I know to check out the arrival of Toad at Super Nintendo World. Now, Toad wasn't a meet and greet character that we had that debuted um, when the land first opened like it did in Japan, um, but there was definitely an outcry for Toad to be brought to the United States in our version of Super Nintendo World, in Hollywood at least, um, because so many people were so jealous of what they had in Japan, and Universal listened and worked out a deal with Nintendo to bring Toad to Universal Studios Hollywood. Now, there wasn't like a defined location for Toad's meet and greet like there is over in Japan. Um, so they sort of uh, made a special area for Toad to meet and greet. Um, when you first walk into Super Nintendo World as part of Peach's Castle, you're kind of like off to the right there for um, Toad's meet and greet. So it's basically kind of the same place that Princess Peach walks out before she goes into her little gazebo. But instead of going right, he's going to go left. Um, and who knows, you know, there's a plethora of other characters that Super Nintendo World and Japan have been using, um, and probably will continue to debut, um, since our Super Nintendo World is a little bit smaller and doesn't have the same offerings, and at this time isn't currently going to have a Donkey Kong space, or, um, you know, like Japan is, and of course, like, they're going to have an Epic Universe over in Florida. Maybe we see an opportunity for that space that they made or allotted aside for Toad to meet and greet with guests. Um, there could be some other debuted characters there in the future. We'll have to wait and see on this one. Um, but we're really excited, of course, that Nintendo was able to allow Toad to do meet and greets in Hollywood as well, too. Super awesome meet and greet character. Definitely a lot easier, it looks like, for this char character to articulate and move around um, compared to the other characters, which have really intricate costumes. So um, Toad is awesome, though. He's exactly what you'd expect. Super cute in person. Um, and I think this is going to be a massively wildly popular uh, meet and greet for many years to come. Not only are people are super excited about his cafe, but now they can meet Toad himself as well too, every day in Super Nintendo World. Now, I'm not quite sure exactly what time Toad meets. In fact, on the day that he debuted, he actually didn't come out until after 2 p.m. in the afternoon. But this could, of course, always change. There may have been some delays that caused him to come out later in the afternoon on his first day. It's always best to check with the team members inside Super Nintendo World and ask them for your their best recommendations on where to line up, where to queue up, when to come back, etc., 
to meet and greet Toad if this is something that you truly want to do. Um, and there's no saying if you come early uh, with like something like the early entry, if that's even a benefit to seeing Toad or any of the other characters. So um, definitely check the app. Definitely check with the team members um, because, of course, it's always subject to change at any time. But if you're going to Super Nintendo World, at least definitely try to see him because it's an awesome meet and greet character that a ton of people all around the world are super jealous that he's available here. So definitely check it out. And I mentioned those other creators earlier, if you haven't already, both Five Fires YouTube Mondo has a video as well as Ordinary Adventures coming up on Toad's meet and greet at Universal Studios. So if you haven't checked out their videos, definitely go do that um, and see it for yourself in person and what the experience was like. Of course, that's opening day, so it might be a little bit different, but still check out those videos and see what it's all about. Next up for the news, I wanted to head back over to Disneyland Resort to talk about something that happened over the weekend. That was the Haunted Mansion world premiere for the new movie coming out later this month. Um, now, just like previous uh, movies that were based off of beloved Disneyland attractions, Disneyland didn't break the streak and continued the tradition of hosting the premiere for said movie inside the resort in some capacity. Um, we've seen that for Pirates of the Caribbean, of course, and also for the Jungle Cruise movie. And Disneyland also did it for the Haunted Mansion movie. Now, of course, this is happening during a time where SAG-AFTRA and the WGA are on strike. Um, so it wasn't probably the premiere they had expected it to be, um, but it did continue on as a fan event over the weekend. Um, now, this, of course, isn't the only movie based off of a Disneyland attraction and isn't the only movie rumored to be coming out in the near future based off of a Disneyland or Disney attraction. I wanted to talk about three others potentially that might be coming and lots of rumors swirling online, not only on Twitter, but other, you know, articles from news uh, sites that cover movies and other things like that, mentioning potentially a Matterhorn script and uh, concept being pushed around, as well as Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and even a remake of the Tower of Terror movie. Now, this Haunted Mansion movie, of course, is potentially not, I guess not really a remake, but it's just like a redo, sort of like, you know, the Hulk was, <laughs> how many different renditions we had of the Hulk as well, too. Uh, so totally different story, totally different everything, but still based off of the same attraction. Maybe they go that same route with Tower of Terror, right? It doesn't have to be exactly how it was with Kirsten Dunst when it was done the first time. Maybe they go a totally different way. Now, we already know, like, the backstory of Tower of Terror, you know, kind of already exists, right? We already know, like, the basic story of it all, but there's a lot of ins and outs and details that they really didn't go over potentially in that first movie that they can really flush out in this movie. So out of all those um, potential movies coming up, um, including Haunted Mansion, um, you know, for those that obviously haven't seen it since the movie's not out yet, um, what would you be most excited to see interpreted as a movie? Um, is it Tower of Terror being redone? Um, and, you know, in a more modern take, is it going to be the Matterhorn? That sounds like kind of a spooky concept if you think about it. Um, or is it Big Thunder? Like, what would they even do with that one? That's an interesting one to think about. But um, let me know um, in like DMs or however you want to tag me on Twitter about what you think you'd be most excited about out of all those concepts. 
Over at the Walt Disney World Resort, they're actually getting a little bit of a later start on the Disney 100 celebration as far as it when it began at Disneyland, but it's not actually that late if you know the significance of kind of around when it's running. So Disney 100 is going to have a celebration, an all-new celebration, that starts at Epcot now on September 22nd and actually runs through December 31st. So Maybe a lot of the things that we've already seen at Disneyland, like the new Disney 100 character costumes for the Fab Five and Mickey and Minnie, um, the kind of illuminescent Mickey statue that's on Main Street and different Disney 100 souvenirs that are already available at Disneyland are now going to make their way over to Walt Disney World um, and specifically more so in Epcot. And not only that, but they're going to have a special... Um, spaceship earth presentation which they do their little light show and and music thing throughout the night with spaceship earth there they're going to have special versions of this for disney 100 now the significance of the time frame they chose september 22nd through december 31st not only is it wrapping up the 100th year for the walt disney company but it's also encompassing the actual 100th anniversary of the company since the company was founded in october of 1923. Uh, This is going to be, you know, exactly 100 years later during this time period as well. And it's going to also be during when Disney's um, Epcot is going to be celebrating um, other things like the Food and Wine Festival. So lots of things happening at Disney 100 and just Epcot in general. So there's probably going to be more details, obviously, as we get closer to it, but special food, special merchandise all that kind of stuff so there'll be more coverage of course and you can check it out right now what we're talking about on the disney parks blog if you wanted to head on over there to see photos and things if you do have some upcoming trips planned to the walt disney world resort specifically epcot and next of course what kind of fan would i be if i didn't mention that on the day of this recording july 17th 2023 is disneyland's 68th birthday now they had a really cool fun sort of cavalcade moment um, in front of the main street train station at disneyland um, they had something similar last year for 67 um, but they didn't do as big as they did this time around so i'm a little bummed that i missed it um, this year but But, you know, it was during the week, so it was a little bit harder to get to than it had been in the past. However, this time around, um, they had done, which I had hoped they had done last year, uh, but they didn't do it last year, but they did it this year. And that was replay Walt Disney's dedication speech over the, you know, the speakers in the park. And they did that this time around with not only, um, you know, all the characters out there, but the Disneyland band and a bunch of other things and also a huge crowd of people. Um, last year too was pretty low key. They didn't really advertise or, you know, say anything in advance as far as like, you know, what, uh, what time to be there, what they were doing. People, we, we kind of all just waited in anticipation for something to happen on the day of his birthday. But I think they're doing it this year, um, as a little bit more of a different thing because it is during the Disney 100 celebration. Um, so it's worth celebrating and bringing notice to, you know, a major milestone of the Disney corporation during its 100 years. So it made sense. They brought out that, you know, Disney 100 kind of cavalcade float that they've used um, throughout the celebration with all the characters on it, the Disneyland band, like I mentioned, and of course playing the Walt Disney dedication speech. So a fun little birthday moment um, for 68. And we're only two years away from Disneyland 70, if you can believe that or not. 
headed back over to Hollywood for more Universal Studios Hollywood news. They actually announced another major house or maze coming to Universal Studios Hollywood's Halloween Horror Nights, and that was for Stranger Things 4. Now, Mondo and I had speculated a lot that maybe we'd get something for Stranger Things, but it was looking like you know Universal Studios was sort of avoiding Netflix properties for a little bit, so we were wondering if we would see a return of said Netflix properties, especially something like Stranger Things, which we felt like the prior year had such a successful season four with Vecna and all these really scary things that would make an excellent or translate into a really excellent uh, maze or walkthrough, you know, attraction for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and, you know, if you're buying tickets to go this year, Halloween Horror Nights is going to have not only a maze for The Last of Us, but now also for Stranger Things 4. Now, we have three things confirmed for Halloween Horror Nights. Chucky was almost immediately last year after the event, so we knew that one right away. And this is a Chucky walkthrough or experience based off of the current new TV series. And then we're going to have um, a maze for Stranger Things 4, and then another maze for The Last of Us, based off of the video game version of the franchise and not the TV series. Now, there, of course, have been speculative maps that fill in all the other locations prior to when Universal's actually confirmed or talked about any of those. There's also been some rumors potentially of Universal adding a Five Nights at Freddy's maze since they are releasing a Five Nights at Freddy's movie this October. Um, but I, I I don't know. It's looking now. I thought for sure that we might see it, but it's looking now like that may not be the case. Like we may not be getting a Five Nights at Freddy's maze this particular season. Maybe it's something we see next season because um, I do feel like that'd be a pretty stellar lineup if they did add it this season but we still don't know what's confirmed and coming next in all the other locations so we're still gonna have to wait and see Five Nights at Freddy's could be an additional you know property brought on to fill in the next maze however it doesn't seem to be looking that way based on people in the know and people sharing their speculations so um I'm a little bummed about that, but I will say I'm super stoked about Stranger Things 4 and seeing how they make that um, into a walkthrough because season four, I think, was pretty scary, pretty thrilling um, and adding those jump scares and bringing in, you know, how are they going to translate Vecna into the maze is something I'm super interested in. I'll definitely be there on opening day to experience that. So Definitely go get your tickets for Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. Tickets can sell out. Uh, I don't believe they're sold out yet, but more importantly, things that sell out faster are things like um, Universal Express. And then, of course, this year, Universal is also doing early entry as a separate ticket um, prior to your that you have to purchase with your ticket to the event if you want to do early entry. Now, prior to this year, Early entry was always included as part of your ticket if you just decided to show up early, but now it is a ticketed extra or add-on to your ticket. So definitely purchase that if you're interested in taking advantage of that early time to get in some mazes, especially if maybe you're not trying to do Universal Express, you're not trying to expend all that money. Um, this will allow you to get probably a couple, maybe even three if you're good, 
mazes completed before the event actually begins. So it's worth checking out. Now, if we're comparing it to early entry at Super Nintendo World, this offering has sold out and continues to sell out regularly for Universal Studios. So something as popular as Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, I would imagine if there's an advertised early entry as part of the ticket purchasing experience, it'll probably be selling out as well too, considering the price for it is anywhere from like 10 to $20, depending on the day. So definitely make sure you're picking your tickets in advance the day you want to go. Tickets are date-based, so purchase the day of the ticket that you want to go. Another difference they're doing this year too is if you're purchasing Universal Express, it's bundled with a ticket. So it makes it a little bit less confusing before when you had to buy the ticket you wanted and then the Express as well too. So now it's all together as one. Next up in the news, I wanted to talk about Knott's Berry Farm for a moment and I wanted to shout out our Knott's Adventure on Instagram for tagging me in this post talking about this little change for the upcoming 2024 Knott's Berry Farm Season Pass. So there's a little bit of a change going on. If you ever purchased a Knott's Berry Farm Season Pass before, you know there's like the basic first, you know, the price, the pass that's just for Knott's Berry Farm itself. Um, that pass will continue to be sold. They have the gold pass, which is essentially the same thing, but adds on Soak City USA and a couple other benefits. And then they had the platinum pass, which added on um, not only Soak City, but additional discounts available and also upgraded your, um, your pass to be able to visit any Cedar Fair owned theme park um, throughout the United States. So now they're actually eliminating that pass and they're just going to have the Knott's Berry Farm pass and then the gold pass with a new add-on called the All Park Passport. Now the All Park Passport essentially allows you to visit all Cedar, Pear, Cedar Fair theme parks excuse me, um, during your 2024 season um, as an add-on to, um, to your gold pass. So the all park and Knott's Berry Farm specifically wanted to say for those that were asking, you know, is this like a way to make more money? Is this like not as good of a deal? So they specifically said that um, All Park Passport is a premium season pass add-on that's available for purchase with a 2024 Knott's Berry Farm Gold Pass. Instead of purchasing a separate pass product, this new add-on now grants you the access to all parks in the Cedar Fair family with a gold pass. Not only that, but your gold benefits are also valid at other parks as well as Knott's Spray Farm. The All Park Passport is $100 with the purchase of a regular 2024 gold pass. Just follow these steps and then it goes on to tell you how to do it. But more specifically, they wanted to answer the question about whether or not it was less of a deal or better of a deal. They put here, what about the Platinum Pass was the question. And the answer to that was, with the introduction of the All Park Passport, the Platinum Pass will no longer be offered in 2024. But don't worry, you can still get the same benefits with the purchase of a 2024 Gold Pass with the new All Park Passport add-on, plus the combined price of a 2024 Gold Pass with the new All Park Passport add-on is less than the price of a 2023 Platinum Pass, meaning you save about or up to $45. So 
that answers that question a little bit. No more Platinum Pass is going to be available. And Not says that the Platinum Pass was actually more expensive than this new alternate variety they're going to be adding um, where you add on the all park access. Now, I think honestly, this is probably a good move because not everyone's going to be traveling all over the U.S. to go to a different Cedar Fair park. Um, and the gold pass really just gives you the most access at Knott's Berry Farm, which is what most people are probably looking for anyways. Now, we are in renewal season for Knott's Berry Farm season passes if you're a current season pass holder. So just remember that um, typically Knott's Berry Farm offers incentives to renew for the 2024 or the next season of the next following year um, as early as October. So we're getting close to that time frame. So keep that in mind coming up here for the new season. They usually offer incentives as well to renew early like that um, and they will expire um, and you know go back to full price when you're renewing um, as we get closer to the changeover to the new year. Now Knott's Berry Farm does their passes a little bit different than other theme parks with like annual passes in the sense that their pass is a season pass. So it's good for that particular calendar year. So you're buying a 2024 season pass. It's good from January 1st until December 31st. And no matter when you buy it, this would remain the same. So if you're buying it in January, you'll get all 12 months. But if you're buying it in May, you're going to be getting all the months that you missed, you know, the same price as the person that paid in January. So the season pass works a little bit differently that way. So there is more of an incentive for guests to all purchase at the same time. Um, so it works for the entire calendar year. So just make sure you're remembering as a current season pass holder, if this was like your first year doing it, that we're getting close to the time frame that Knott's Berry Farm does release renewals for the next season calendar year. So um, mark your calendars, check the website to see when renewals are available. Definitely take advantage of those early renewal prices because it is a little bit of a savings. And lastly, to wrap up this news episode of the 5571 podcast, I wanted to head back over to Disneyland to talk about closures and refurbishments since we do cover that a lot on this podcast and it does help for people who are planning their upcoming trips and visits to Disneyland. So of course, we already discussed last time Alice in Wonderland. This attraction is still closed and will remain closed um, the rest of this week through July 21st, excuse me. The Disneyland monorail does continue to remain closed as well during August 31st. So we still have a little bit of ways for that one to reopen. Now, right after Alice in Wonderland reopens on the 21st, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is scheduled to go down on the 24th, then reopening on August 11th. And of course, Haunted Mansion is coming up soon on its refurbishment as it gets transformed into Haunted Mansion Holiday. This is going to be closing on August 14th and reopening on September 1st, which is when Halloween season kicks off at the Disneyland Resort. Now, another important date to remember for September 1st, not only does it, of course, begin the, be the Halloween season at Disneyland Resort, but it also marks the current end of the Wondrous Journeys fireworks show for the Disney 100 celebration. Now, I have a strong feeling we're going to see this show return after the holiday season of Halloween going right into Christmas, but um, for now, the 
beloved fireworks show is going to be going away temporarily, I feel, um, as we make way and welcome Halloween Screams fireworks show for the Halloween season. And then, of course, leading into Believe in Holiday Magic fireworks show uh, for the Christmas season. So um, if you're wanting to get in your last views of Wondrous Journey, just make sure it's before that September 1st date when we see Halloween Screams Fireworks Show debut at Disneyland. Now, over at Disney California Adventure Park, the last time that we were talking, we talked about Soren around the world being under refurbishment or closure. That has already since reopened um, from its short little, I think, two, two and a half week re- refurbishment. So that's already ready to go. Um, Rogers the Musical is actually still closed uh, over at Disney California Adventure. I think it reopens again after this podcast airs. So that w- it had a little bit of a closure if you're wondering why, of course, we talked about that earlier in this podcast episode, but they were holding the world premiere of the Haunted Mansion movie, and that took place at the Hyperion Theater, which is where that new show is taking place. So Rogers the Musical will be returning on the 18th of July, continuing on its normal schedule of also being dark on Sunday, Monday. So keep that in mind, too, um, during its run for the remainder of August, which I mentioned, too, we probably think this is going to get, you know, extended. But for now, it's only until the end of August. So keep that in mind as well. And then upcoming other closures over at Disney California Adventure Park, we have Toy Story Midway Mania, which literally closed on the day that we are recording this podcast episode, and it's going to remain closed for about a month, reopening in August on the 18th. And then the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, of course, closing on the 31st. Um for a little bit of refurbishment until the 12th. Not sure if this is related to Oogie Boogie Bash and Villains Grove, potentially could be for some of the more heavier objects that need to be brought in there. Um, they do keep the attraction open during the day when it's not Oogie Boogie Bash. And of course, um, it's still a few weeks before Oogie Boogie Bash even begins when it's closed. So I don't necessarily know that it's um, specifically to add the whole maze, but I'm sure they're probably going to put um, some of the bigger things that need to be kind of brought in there and, and worked on while it's closed. And then lastly, we know that Radiator Springs Racers is going to be going down for a period starting in August as well on August 18th. Um, and we don't have a reopening date for this attraction and how long it's going to be closed because the calendar doesn't go that far out yet. So just like we did for the monorail and for Toy Story Midway Mania, we have to just keep an eye on the calendar as this one continues. So we know exactly as the dates populate, oh, look, Radiator Springs Racers is available again. So we know the refurbishment period, um, based on, you know, how the calendar refreshes. So those are a complete list of all the closures and refurbishments going on at Disneyland Resort, you know, albeit aside from things like Splash Mountain and um, the Adventureland Treehouse, which I don't include because they're kind of like separate things altogether. So, but thank you again for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed our quick rundown of the news this week. Um, we hopefully have a lot more things to talk about next week since I'll have tried, uh, some of the food that they're going to be debuting for San Francisco square. We could talk a little bit about that, maybe get some guests on to get their opinions on some of that as well too. So stay tuned and make sure you're subscribed or following this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. 
And if you would like, it does help out. So leave a podcast review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts um, and let us know your opinion. So it helps the podcast be seen um, and people can read your comments about it. So thank you again so much for watching. And also, before we go, I wanted to plug also my YouTube channel. So follow me on Just Ask Danny's YouTube channel there. Um, just search Just Ask Danny on YouTube or on Google and it'll come up. Um, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel as well so you can get a visual representation of all these updates throughout the resort. Um, and of course, the upcoming haunt seasons and all that stuff, I'll be covering it all on the channel. So I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast episode and we'll see you soon on the next one.